Representative Adam Schiff is censured by the House of Representatives for his consistently false statements about the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. Former special counsel John Durham testifies before Congress about his report exploding coordination between the FBI, Hillary Clinton, and the White House. And we discuss all the updates in the missing Titanic submersible. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. I talk about them every single show. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Get ExpressVPN right now at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, you'll recall that Adam Schiff, the congressperson from California, he's currently running for Senate. And as always, two things can be true at once. Republicans ought to have censored him in the in the House of Representatives. He is a liar and he has been lying for years on end. He spent years with a pup tent right outside the CNN green room waiting to be called in so he could explain that Donald Trump was in the coordination of Russia, that he was essentially a cat's paw for Vladimir Putin and all the rest. It turns out all of that was a lie. He kept saying that he had access to special information that was going to blow the cover off of this entire scandal. And he's one of the people who kept throwing gasoline on the flames in that particular non-scandal. Well, now he has been censured by the House of Representatives. That is one thing that can be true. The other thing that can be true is that because the Republicans just did this, it probably elevates him in his senatorial primary race in California to replace the late Dianne Feinstein. She's not dead, but she may as well be at this point because she is going to be out of Congress in the next run and she is not fully sentient even in the moment. According to Roll Call, Schiff was censured by the House Wednesday, but as he stood in the well to hear Speaker Kevin McCarthy announce the finding, fellow Democrats jammed the aisles shouting shame and disgrace at the GOP majority while cheering Schiff and patting him on the back because the way that this works in Democrat land is the more lies you tell about Republicans, the more you are treasured among Democrats. Here is what it looked like on the on the House floor when the vote went through to censure Adam Schiff. On this vote, the A's are 213 and the nays are 209. With six answering present, the resolution adopted. Without objection, the motion to consider is relayed on the table. House will be in Those order. Those Democrats cheering shame. They're chanting shame. Apparently not realizing that it's the bad guys in Game of Thrones who chant shame at people. But they're standing in the well of the House an intimidating group of elderly white people chanting shame over Adam Schiff. And then he comes through and he's being patted on the back by the Democrats and all the rest of this sort of stuff. Floor Representative Anna Paulina Luna was the one who offered the resolution to censure the former House Intelligence Committee chairman. By the way, there was a big non-troversy just a week ago when the censure was brought forth in the House and some representatives on the Republican side voted against it, not because they didn't want to censure Adam Schiff, but because the original form of the censure was actually unconstitutional. It required something like a $16 million fine of Adam Schiff and Thomas Massey, a great congressperson from Kentucky. Uh, Massey had, had suggested that we don't want to set this precedent where the House is simply removing wealth from its members over political disagreements because that's a, that's a really, really bad way to go. Democrats will undoubtedly use it on the other side. So a better form of this thing passed with 213 votes, all from the Republicans, 209 against all Democrats. The resolution argued that Schiff abused his power as the ranking member and chair of the panel and falsely spread allegations about Trump's 2016 campaign collusion with Russia. Democrats said that Schiff was being targeted as Trump faces legal troubles. The vote came a week after, as I say, 20 Republicans voted with Democrats to table a similar measure. Again, a lot of people were very angry at Thomas Massey at the time, but Massey was right. And a lot of people who were angry at him were wrong. He had suggested change the form and we'll vote it out of committee and then we'll do this thing. Schiff yesterday tried to defend himself. He called himself a truth teller. Adam Schiff needs to grow a third arm so he can pat himself on the back a little bit more. You honor me with your enmity. You flatter me with this falsehood. You, who are the authors of a big lie about the last election, must condemn the truth-tellers, and I stand proudly before you. 
Your words tell me that I have been effective in the defense of our democracy, and I am grateful. Representative Tom McClintock said that this was really not punishing him for the things that he was saying. It was really more about specific acts, quote, most particularly the abuse of his position as intelligence chairman by implying he had access to classified information that did not exist and his placement into the congressional record of the Steele dossier that he knew or should have known was false. Schiff, of course, has been fundraising off of all of this. He sent out an email on Tuesday night saying, quote, these political smear tactics divert the resources of the House away from pressing priorities. This is always my favorite thing is when people are like, oh, the Congress, they have pressing. The Congress has never had a pressing priority. They they are a useless legislative body that achieves very little on a a daily basis. They should go to part time like most state legislatures do. Meanwhile, Representative Benny Thompson, Democrat from Mississippi, he said that the reason the Republicans are targeting Schiff is because they are jealous of Adam Schiff. I I don't know why anyone would be jealous of Adam Schiff. that's, That's like, what is there to be jealous of? But here we go anyway. These attempts to censor Adam have been orchestrated to distract, but no one is fooled. Extreme mega Republicans are targeting Adam because he's everything they wish they could be. He's tough, he's principled, and he's effective. He is so tough, he is so principled, and he is so effective that he was involved in a couple of impeachments of Trump. Neither one of them ended up sticking in the Senate, and also now he has been censured by the House of Representatives. But it shows you the kayfabe that really is at the heart of so much congressional politics these days. The truth is that censures very rarely have any material effect. Sure, they have a symbolic impact when you censure somebody who's in the House, but it's not as though you're kicking them out. You're not impeaching them. It has no real impact on anything that they are doing in their life. They didn't strip him of his committee assignments, for example, which theoretically they could have done. Maybe that's the next step here. But you know, Schiff benefits, the people who are attacking him benefit. So everybody goes home happy at the end of the day. Representative Daniel Goldman, who, again, is one of the law- he was one of the lawyers in the impeachment attempt against Donald Trump. I believe the Ukraine impeachment attempt. Uh, he was very upset. He suggested the Republicans have no ground to stand on because they're the party of George Santos. Now, again, the problem for Schiff is not that he lied about his own personal activities, which is what George Santos has done. Now, George Santos is a running joke. It's not as though a censure of George Santos would make any difference, but I suppose you could do it. But Adam Schiff was literally lying about abusing his position as intelligence chair. Here's Goldman. Boy, is Adam Schiff powerful. He can at once be the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, the special counsel investigating Donald Trump, manage and run the FBI, and be a judge ruling on FISA applications. It is remarkable that he, from his perch in Congress, can do all of that. There is nothing time's in this expired. motion, this gentleman's resolution. I want to yield the gentleman true. an additional 20 seconds. Gentleman's recognized. One of my colleagues says, We will hold members accountable. You are the party of George Santos. Who are you holding accountable? The guy is an alleged and acknowledged liar and indicted, and you protect him every day. Uh, well, what, what a warrior for truth is, uh, is Daniel Goldman, who's involved in both impeachment attempts. Worth noting here, just at this point, for all the class warriors on the left who, who are big Daniel Goldman fans, he is the heir to the Levi Strauss fortune. He's worth about $250 million, that particular congressperson. So all, all, all on merit, guys, just all on merit. Okay, in just a second, we'll get to the other big congressional event of the day, and that was the arrival of special counsel John Durham on Capitol Hill to testify about his bombshell report from a little bit earlier this year. First, 
I want to talk to you about Daily Wire's most trusted privacy partner and the premier sponsor of this show, ExpressVPN. Does it make sense? The same company that controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home. It doesn't make a lot of sense that you are handing over all of your data to the same companies that really don't like you very much and have a backdoor to the federal government. To put a layer of protection on my online activity, I use ExpressVPN. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send gets tracked and data mined, but when you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, something big tech can use to personally identify you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network. ExpressVPN does all of that without slowing your connection. What I like most about ExpressVPN, super easy to use. You click one button, you download it, you click a button, and now it is active on your phone or on your computer. Protect yourself by visiting expressvpn.com slash Ben. Right now, you can find out how you can get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben. It's the service I use to keep my own internet activity safe. You should do the same. ExpressVPN.com slash Ben to get started and find out how you can get three extra months for free. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that when people say free, they should mean, you know, actually free. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last, rugged screen, quick-charging battery, top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family will save almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk for years at this point. I tell you that coverage is excellent. I trust them. You can too. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company today. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Okay, meanwhile, The other big event on Capitol Hill yesterday was the testimony of special counsel John Durham. According to Politico, Durham testified for over five hours before the House Judiciary Committee on Wednesday over the details of a 360-page report that he released earlier this year that was all about the origins of the so-called Crossfire Hurricane investigation. That was the investigation into Trump-Russia collusion. That report, if you'll recall, was just an absolute disaster for Democrats. I called it maybe the worst political scandal in American history. Nobody actually took it seriously in the press because to do so would have been devastating for the Obama administration in particular. As I wrote at the time, Crossfire Hurricane was initiated based on sheer conjecture. That was conjecture that was created whole cloth by Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. Durham reports that in late July 2016, Australia provided information to the U.S. Embassy in London surrounding conversations between Australian diplomats and a low-level Trump foreign policy advisor named George Papadopoulos, in which Papadopoulos had allegedly suggested that the Trump team had received some kind of suggestion from Russia that it could assist in the process of releasing information about Hillary Clinton. That information was the predicate for the entire Trump-Russia collusion hoax. The FBI basically greenlit the investigation within days of receiving that flimsy information. Peter Strzok, who is an ardent Trump hater. He helped initiate that investigation. The investigation, Durham notes, was launched before any dialogue with Russia, with with Australia or the intelligence community prior to any critical analysis of the information itself. So basically, they heard a rumor that a very low-level Trump official had mentioned Russia in a conversation and they launched the Trump-Russia investigation. So what exactly prompted their eagerness to launch? The FBI, as Durham acknowledges, was already in possession of the Steele dossier, which was the lies and innuendo compiled by Fusion GPS, Hillary Clinton's law firm at the behest of the Clinton campaign. The FBI had also been approached by a second source working with Fusion GPS in July of 2016. Apparently, there was a push for an investigation prompted by the desires of the Clinton campaign and the perceived necessity of stopping Trump 
The FBI's assistant legal attache in London knew that this information was not good enough to be the predicate for an investigation. He said that the FBI management was pushing the matter so hard there is, quote, no stopping the train, making it his job to grease the skids. Meanwhile, in July 2016, U.S. intelligence agencies already knew that Russia was saying that Hillary was basically trumping all of this up. On August 3rd, CIA Director John Brennan, quote, met with the president, vice president, and other senior administration officials, including but not limited to the attorney general and the FBI director, and briefed them on the so-called Clinton plan. That Clinton plan was, of course, her plan to turn Trump-Russia into a major campaign issue by laundering this into public view. Nobody at that point decided to put a hold on the Trump-Russia investigation to investigate whether it was coming from Hillary. Instead, they just jumped full scale, both feet into the middle of this thing. As I wrote at the time, that collusion is significantly worse than Watergate. It involves the former Secretary of State and Democratic candidate for president laundering false intelligence information to the FBI and the FBI overseen by that candidate's political allies in the Obama administration using that information as the predicate for a full-scale investigation, knowing full well that the Clinton campaign could well be behind the allegations in the first place, and they went forward with it anyway. And that is essentially what Durham testified yesterday. He, he testified yesterday that FBI agents had actually come to him personally to apologize for having been involved in the thing at all. Here was John Durham yesterday. Mr. Durham, in your report, and again here today, you said that your findings and conclusions are sobering. Could you unpack a little bit more what that means? Why do you say sobering? Well, let me, let me um, give you some real-life um, views on that. I have had um, any number of FBI agents um, who I've worked with over the years. Some have retired. Some are still in place who have come to me and apologized for the manner in which uh, that investigation was undertaken. I take that seriously. These are good, hardworking, the majority of people in the FBI, decent human beings who swear uh, under their oaths to uh, abide by the law. In fact, Durham went on to explain that James Comey had full knowledge that the Hillary Clinton campaign was attempting to launder the Steele dossier into public view. And he didn't inform his lower down FBI agents that this was happening. So he basically created a Chinese screen between the information about the Hillary Clinton campaign laundering this stuff and the FBI agents who are then tasked with investigating the underlying material, which is insane. So the same FBI agents who were being tasked with tracking down false information, information that had largely been propagated by the Hillary Clinton campaign, had never been told that Hillary Clinton was actually the one behind all of this and that her campaign was the one behind all of this. Here's Durham testifying that James Comey, then the head of the FBI, hid Clinton's campaign plan from his own FBI agents. Mr. Durham, in the summer of 2016, did our government receive intelligence that suggested Secretary Clinton had approved a plan to tie President Trump to Russia? Yes. Did he share it with the agents on the case, working the Crossfire Hurricane case? No. Didn't share with the agents on the case. Can you tell the committee what happened when you took that referral memo and shared it with one of those agents, specifically Supervisory Special Agent Number One? We interviewed the uh, first supervisor of the um, Crossfire uh, investigation, um, the operational person. Uh, we showed him the intelligence um, information. Uh, he indicated he had never seen it before. Uh, he immediately became uh, emotional, uh, got up and left the room with his lawyer, um, spent some time in the hallway, came back. Um, he was ticked off, wasn't he? Yes. He was ticked off because this is something he should have had as an agent on the case. It's important information that the director of the FBI kept from the people doing the investigation. The information was kept from him. As Ed Morrissey over at Hot Air points out, in other words, the director of the FBI knowingly withheld evidence pertinent to an FBI investigation that resulted not just in errors made by the agents conducting the investigation that might have resulted 
ending what turned out to be a witch hunt, but also contributed to misrepresentations to the FISA court about the nature of the evidence they were using to conduct surveillance on the Trump campaign figures. Right, that FISA court, you'll recall, was handed a, a warrant to surveil Carter Page, who was, again, a low-level Trump campaign foreign policy advisor. And they, they put forward a FISA warrant on the basis of essentially false information that was being trafficked by the Hillary Clinton campaign, not knowing that it was false information being trafficked by the Hillary Clinton campaign because James Comey had refused to actually tell them. As Ed points out, Comey knew it, but made sure the agents assigned to the case did not. So did Obama, Lynch, and Biden. All of those office holders lied publicly about the nature of the rumors and innu innuendo consistently for months. Obama himself ramped up his rhetoric about Russian interference in the weeks following this briefing, which certainly seems as though Brennan's briefing resulted more in a political campaign strategy than in concern over the security of American elections. So all the top officials in the Obama administration knew that Hillary Clinton was behind the Trump-Russia collusion narrative entirely, and they went out and they promoted it anyway, which you want to talk election interference. That is high-level election interference. As Durham says, the FBI itself, they had tons of red flags. They ignored all of them. We'll get to that momentarily first. Are you tired of feeling uncomfortable in the underwear and loungewear that you are wearing right now? You're probably still wearing old underwear that you got like five years ago from, you know, one of those other brands, one of those cheaper brands. You're like, oh, I get 20 pairs of underwear for $7. Yeah, and they're, they're full of holes. They don't fit you right. They're terrible. Instead, you need to switch over and use the greatest underwear on God's green earth. I'm talking about Tommy John. When you wear Tommy John, you're so much more comfortable, you can do everything better. Their underwear has dozens of comfort innovations, like breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands that can keep you seven degrees cooler than cotton. I love my Tommy Johns, which is why I've thrown away all of the other brands I used to own. Tommy Johns also sells loungewear with a level of softness I've never felt before. They're incredibly soft loungewear. It's designed to envelop you in that magical world of pure luxury. All their stuff is really, really comfortable. Every purchase is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free, guarantee. Shop Tommy John's summer collection. Get 20% off your first purchase at tommyjohn.com slash Ben. That's 20% off at tommyjohn.com slash Ben. tommyjohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. Again, 20% off at tommyjohn.com slash Ben. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, we're experiencing a lot of global instability as we plunge into primary season. How are you protecting your family in the middle of all of this chaos? The fact is, there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political, and economic upheaval dating back to ancient times. That, of course, is gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold, and Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text BEN to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Diversification is always a smart business strategy, particularly in really tenuous times. This is a tenuous time. You should check out my friends over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Get in touch with them today. Ask all your questions. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold. Okay, so... John Durham testified yesterday that the FBI basically ignored all the red flags in initiating this investigation into Donald Trump and Trump-Russia collusion. Again, this is relevant also to the censure of Adam Schiff because Adam Schiff was fully aware of virtually all of this stuff when he was still promoting the Trump-Russia collusion hoax for years on end, saying that he had access to secret information via the Intelligence Committee when apparently he had none. Here's John Durham saying every red flag was ignored here. From the report, I gathered that key FBI leaders all the way at the top were predisposed to go after candidate Trump. This bias likely affected the conduct of FBI personnel in this investigation. Is that true? Yes. 
Can you describe that for a moment? How did confirmation bias play into this? Confirmation bias, as uh, was alluded to, uh, has to do with our uh, human tendency to um, accept things that we already think are true and to reject anything else. In this instance, there are any number of significant red flags <clears throat> that were raised that were simply ignored. If there's evidence that was inconsistent with the narrative, um, they didn't pay attention to it. They didn't explore it. They didn't take the logical investigative steps that should have been taken. Well, all this ticked off the Democrats to no end because what he is suggesting here is systemic failure. Right? It's not just a question of a few, a few bad apples, the Andy McCabe's and the and the James Comey's, that this was a, a rot at the top of the FBI. There was open political coordination. Here was Durham saying, we need some form of accountability here. While I'm encouraged by some of the reforms that have been implemented by the FBI, the problems identified in this report, anybody who actually reads the report and the details of the report, the documented portions of the report, I think would, uh, would find that... Um, the problems identified in the report are not susceptible to overnight fixes. As we said in the report, they cannot be addressed solely by enhancing training or additional policy requirements. Rather, what is required is accountability, both in terms of the standards to which our law enforcement personnel uh, hold themselves and in the consequences they face for violation of laws and policies. One of the things that was amazing here was the response by Democrats on the committees. The response by Democrats on the committee was not specific questions that actually targeted the content of what Durham was saying. Instead, they just went after him personally. So Steve Cohen, who's a Democratic congressperson from Tennessee, started ripping into Durham and saying, you've sullied your reputation, says a man with hair directly. He, he looks like Jerry Garcia in his later days at this point. Does, does Steve Cohen. Here we go. Your reputation will be damaged. As everybody's reputation who gets involved with Donald Trump is damaged, he's damaged goods. There's no good dealing with him because you will end up on the bottom of a pyre. I yield back the balance of my time. Sure. My, we uh, presume the gentleman's undecided on, on how he feels about the pre former president. <laughs> Gentlemen, witness can respond. Yeah, my uh, concern about my reputation is with uh, the people who I respect and my family and my Lord. And I'm Perfectly comfortable with my reputation with them, sir. Well, that is a very, very good answer. We'll get to more Democratic attacks on Durham for the crime of speaking the truth on all this in just a second, including Adam Schiff, who decided to sign into the conversation first. Look around your house. You're redoing a lot of things. Your house is looking much, much better. You did a repainting. You're cleaning up that kitchen. But there's one thing you haven't thought about. That's your window coverings. The way natural light comes into a room makes a huge difference, like a big, big difference. And so you got to replace those window coverings. The best place to do that is over at Blinds.com. Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings with over 40,000 five-star reviews. You can measure and install it yourself or have Blinds.com take care of it with local professionals. No showroom, no retail markets, no matter how many you order. Installation is just one low cost. If you don't have an eye for design, Blinds.com experts can also help you choose the style and color that's right for you. Everything they sell is covered by their perfect fit and 100% satisfaction guarantee, so you got nothing to lose. Shop Blinds.com, save 40% off select products. That's 40% off select products right now at blinds.com. They make it super easy for you when you check out online. Don't forget to tell them you heard about blinds.com from the Ben Shapiro show. Rules and restrictions may apply. Make your house look better today that we have at Shapiro stand right now. 40% off select products at blinds.com. That's blinds.com. And make sure you tell them you heard about it here on the Ben Shapiro show. Okay, so Democrats continued their assault on John Durham, the special counsel for the great crime of unveiling the level of coordination between the Obama White House, the FBI, the DOJ, and Hillary Clinton's campaign. 
Representative Cory Bush, and this really speaks to, again, the mentality the Democrats have about Donald Trump. Everything fair, everything is fair in love and destroying Donald Trump. Representative Cory Bush, the BLM congresswoman from Missouri, she says that what Durham is trying to do is redeem a former white supremacist in chief. Oh, wow. That, that, that sort of, that sort of really you know, well thought out language is, is what's going to convince people there, Corey. St. Louis and I are here today to set the record straight about this political investigation conducted on behalf of the twice impeached, twice indicted former white supremacist in chief, Donald Trump. From the start, this entire investigation has been an attempt to undermine the findings of the Mueller investigation and distract the people of this country from Donald Trump's corruption. Again, this is all that it comes down to for Democrats, is that as long as you're going after Donald Trump, anything is justified, which explains exactly why Adam Schiff made a liar of himself. Here was Schiff himself signing into this debate, saying that, um, you know, the real question here is whether Donald Trump is a good man or a bad man. Well, that, that isn't the question. The question here is rule of law and whether you ought to exploit the office that you hold in order to lie to the American public to get somebody you don't like. What did you make of that exchange? And, and, it, and his responses are in direct contradiction to the Mueller report. Well, he was really trying to downplay the significance of the president's son uh, being offered dirt on Hillary Clinton, something that was represented to Don Jr. as part of the Russian government's effort to help the Trump campaign, taking a secret meeting to receive that information along with the campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, along with his brother-in-law, Jared Kushner. Um, he wanted to downplay it. He wanted to minimize it. He wanted to suggest, well, this happens all the time. Uh, and in that answer, and so many others, what it really betrayed is exactly what he accused the FBI of, and that is confirmation bias. You could really see his bias into thinking that what the Trump campaign did was fine, uh, that he wasn't going to call it collusion, uh, even though there is no other name uh, for what the Trump campaign tried to do. Well, I mean, there is another name because if that's collusion. Then so is Hillary Clinton coordinating with Ukrainian sources to dig up dirt on the Trump campaign, which is something that actively happened during the 2016 campaign. There's a reason Adam Schiff was censured. He should be censured. He is just a smarmy. He is a smarmy corrupt politician. And meanwhile, one other thing happened on the Hill yesterday, and this is worth noting, mainly because it's hilarious to watch as the left continues to be completely unable to define the difference between men and women. So yesterday there was a hearing in the House with regard to whether women should be allowed their own spaces in sports, that men like Leah Thomas are not allowed to walk full twig and berries into ladies' locker rooms a dangling. And, um, and this became a point of hot contention among Democrats. It was pretty awkward when Kelly Robinson, the president of the Human Rights Campaign, was asked about, are there any differences between men and women? And uh, Kelly Robinson was like, well, I don't know. Ms. Robinson, do you agree with Ms. Gaines that there's a difference between women and men? If the question is about trans women... I'm just asking, is there a difference between women and men? I mean, what I can say here is that the NCAA has rules in place. They've had rules in place for the last decade, and when this competition okay, okay, happened, I'm, I'm gonna try the again. rules were clear. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? It, it's a yes-no question. It is, it, do you believe there's a difference? Oh, I think that we're talking about this case with the NCAA. No, I'm asking a question. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? Most I, people could answer this very simply. I, I'm curious if you're willing to do so. Oh, absolutely. I'm just putting it into the context of the that conversation yes? that we're having. I think that there are definitions related to sex. So I'm trying to get a yes or no. I'm not trying to get, get a speech. Oh, I, is I'm, there a difference between women and men? I think that there are definitions for biological sex. Okay, so you're not answering that. Than- 
<laughs> the inability of these people to just say the obvious because they have convinced themselves they must never say the thing that is true is truly amazing. Actually, this, the same Democratic witness uh, from the human rights campaign just got absolutely BTFO <laughs> by Riley Gaines. So Riley Gaines, uh, the, the former champion swimmer who's out swam by a dude in, in Leah Thomas and has been talking about the uh, predations of men in women's sports for a while. This Democratic witness was asked whether if there's no difference between men and women, then why is it that men who compete in women's sports are dominating them? And she actually tried to make the case that, that women can dominate and, and routinely dominate men in sport. And so she was asked specifically to name such a situation. It went very, very poorly. You don't that believe that a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female? Not as a definitive statement. Give me an example. Well, no, I, I don't think... How, how, how many female members of the NBA do you see? Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis, right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, and it's just not the case. She is stronger James, than that. What's your experience, Ben? Male, female. Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, my experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, he could kick my butt any day of the week. <laughs> if you want to check out a YouTube interview I did with Riley Gaines on particularly this topic, it's, it's really entertaining and, and worthwhile. That's very funny. When the, when the human rights campaign lady's like, well, Serena Williams beats men, and then Riley Gaines like, uh, no, she doesn't. By the way, worth noting in that particular Serena Venus Williams story, they wanted to uh, play a man, so the 203rd ranked man, not only did he defeat them in straight sets, he also did so while smoking between the actual sets. He was smoking and having beer between the sets. <laughs> Again, that is not a rip on Serena. I mean, Serena has said this herself, but once the lie has been promulgated by the left, they must keep repeating it until it becomes true, which is how you end up with the bizarre situation that six in 10 Democrats now claim that a woman can become a man and a woman and a man can become a woman, which is just amazing, amazing stuff. The same is true for postgrad students, by the way. Postgraduate study apparently makes you a moron. Exciting things happening. Okay, meanwhile, the situation aboard the, the submersible, this Titanic submersible, is ending in tragedy. They thought yesterday that they were hearing knocking from the seafloor. It now turns out that they're not sure whether that knocking was actually coming from the submersible or whether it was just equipment that was, that was dropping off of the Titanic because the, the Titanic itself continues to decay, of course. According to the... UK Daily Mail, the Coast Guard is still saying that they are hunting for these Titanic Five and they're looking for survivors, but oxygen supply has apparently run out. The Ocean Gate co-founder says that it's possible that they have more oxygen down there or it's possible that if, in fact, they go unconscious because of lack of oxygen, they will be consuming less oxygen. But it seems almost certain that this is going to end in absolute tragedy. According to the Daily Mail, Rear Admiral John Malger of the US Coast Guard said the operation remains an active search. And he remains hopeful thanks to favorable weather conditions. Asked about the banging noises, he said initial analysis suggested they were background ocean noise. But this was still being examined. So yesterday, there was a lot of talk about the idea that maybe the, the banging that they were hearing was people inside the submersible banging to try and send some sonar indicators that they were still down there or where they were. But they haven't even found the submersible as of this morning. Those stuck on board the sub include British billionaire Hamish Harding, OceanGate CEO Stockton Rush, French Navy veteran P.H. Nargiolet, Pakistani businessman Shahzada Dawood and his son Suleiman, who's just 19. 
A deepwater robot sub reached the Atlantic floor. Another is descending the 12,500 feet of ocean fast. The Canadian vessel Horizon Arctic has deployed an ROV that reached the seafloor and began its search for the missing sub, according to a spokesperson. A French ship viewed as the best and final hope of finding the missing Titanic submersible has also dropped its remote-controlled sub to find the five missing adventurers. Now, again, as we mentioned yesterday, this just it, there are certain things that seem like a bad idea. And it turns out that getting into a jerry-rigged contraption to travel 13,000 feet below sea surface is a bad idea. Here was Oceangate CEO Stockton Rush in one of his last interviews over the course of the last year talking about how he wasn't worried that much about safety. I couldn't help noticing how many pieces of this sub seemed improvised. We can use these off-the-shelf components. I got these from uh, Camper World. We run the whole thing with this game controller. <laughs> Come on! It seems like this submersible has some elements of MacGyvery jerry-riggedness. I mean, you're putting construction pipes as ballast. I don't know if I'd use that description of it, um, but there's certain things that you want to be uh, buttoned down. So the pressure vessel is not MacGyvered at all because that's where we work with Boeing and NASA and the University of Washington. Everything else can fail. Your thrusters can go, your lights can go, you're still gonna be safe. Okay, but the problem is that basically if there's one point of failure, if you're always one point of failure and there are no backup systems available, which is essentially the case with the submersible, you're dead. If, if your ballast fails, Right, you can't get rid of it. It's just dragging you to the bottom and it fails. What's your backup? And what happens if your oxygen fails? You're dead. Right? There are a lot of points of failure in this particular system. He said, I mean, if you just want to be safe, don't get out of bed. Don't get in your car. Don't do anything. At some point, you're going to take some risk. It really is a risk reward question. Now, one, one of the questions here is why people are paying this much money to do this sort of thing. I will say that one of the, one of the draws, I think, for a lot of very wealthy people who are doing this sort of stuff is the price point. Meaning that there comes a point where you have a lot of money, you're a billionaire, like some of the people who are aboard this, this submersible. And somebody says, you can have this experience for an incredible high price point. You immediately go, it, it must be safe. I mean, if somebody is actually charging you that much money, it's not as though he's going to put me above, aboard a jerry-rigged vessel using parts from Camping World. Well, not so much, actually, as it turns out. Again, it is quite possible that the controller that was running this thing was a $49.99 video game controller. According to the Wall Street Journal, it's unclear if OceanGate Expeditions was using a Logitech controller on the Titan when it started its mission on Sunday. A spokesperson for OceanGate declined to comment. Logitech did not respond to requests for comment. The Titan, the Titan, which is the name of this submersible, lost contact with the ship, monitoring it from the surface one hour and 45 minutes after it began its dive in the North Atlantic on Sunday morning. The Titanic, again, is 900 miles off Massachusetts Cape Cod. It's in the middle of nowhere. The uh, controller the Titan used in the past was a modified Logitech F710 gamepad with extended joysticks. An earlier version was using the Sony PlayStation 3 controller. So, I mean, again, this, this does go to one of the questions that, that people are asking about this, which is why people would do this. Risk of death is mentioned at least three times on a waiver they signed before boarding. As they dive deep into the ocean, according to the Wall Street Journal, untethered to the surface, sunlight faded away. In pitch black waters, luminescent creatures became visible through a small porthole. The bone-chilling cold bloomed on the Titan's curved walls, according to past travelers. One comedy writer brought a pad and pencil on a trip last summer. If the vessel failed, said Mike Rice, he'd write jokes from the bottom of the ocean as his last gift to the world. Joseph Wartman, who went on a trip in 2021, said it was sobering to be inside the Titan. He said, this is pretty extreme. If something goes wrong, there's no real out. You can't call 911. You're going to have to figure it out on your own. And again, the air was slated to run out as of Thursday morning. 
one of the things that, that is fascinating about this is just how our, our country is so polarized that everybody goes to sort of politics immediately. I, I, it's hard for me to find the political angle on what is obviously a tragedy. I think there are a couple of human angles that are pretty obvious. What drives people to do extreme things and spend a lot of money to do them? So one perspective says this is adventuring, right? This is exploring. This is bravery. Another says that this is basically a form of very high-end tourism. And so the question for me is, if this were an SAT analogy, is this more like you are traveling to space and helping to fund a project that is going to lead to future discoveries, for example, like you know Richard Branson or Elon Musk or something? Or is this more like you went on a safari? And this seems to me more like a safari. It's sort of disaster tourism to a certain extent. And, and so I don't think that you, you, you know, get the explorer points for something that has already been explored and in which there is no new discovery really to be made. It doesn't mean what they're doing is, is quote unquote morally wrong, although I'm not a big fan of putting yourself in dangerous situations that you don't need to be in unless there is some sort of real upside to it. I think there, there may be a morality question there just in terms of the value of human life. If there is no real exploratory upside, then, and the, and the safety risk is so high, is that something that you morally should be doing? That, that, that's a real question. But that's not the question that people are asking today. The question people are asking today over at the New Republic is who did the guy donate to, the CEO, which is just, I'm sorry, ridiculous. This, the, the, the New Republic actually ran a headline that said, quote, Oceangate CEO missing in Titanic sub had history of donating to GOP candidates. Well, I mean, I guess that means that he had it coming. I guess it means all those people should die. You know, if he, if he donated to some local congressional Republicans or even to Donald Trump, that, that's, that, that means that he should probably, you know, suffocate to death 13,000 feet below the ocean. Ooh, gross stuff there from the New Republic. And you can always count on Eli Mistel of MSNBC to sign in and be terrible as well. He actually tweeted about Sam Alito, quote, next time some rich white person wants to take Sam Alito on an expensive trip, please take him to see the Titanic. Eli Mistel continuing to be one of the more disgusting people in American politics. There is a sense of glee with a certain crowd when it comes to this. We're like, oh, billionaires, billionaires doing stupid things and dying. Well, again, it seems to me that uh, the status of their wealth has very little to do with the moral worth of the decision. Either it's a good decision or it's a bad decision. Them being wealthy doesn't make them worse people for doing the thing. You can say there's better uses for the money, and I would tend to agree with you. But that does not mean that these are people who are innately horrible. I mean, I haven't seen their charitable donate uh, given, ha have you? And in terms of bad use of money, I don't see that there's a massive difference between spending $250,000 to take a submersible down to see the Titanic or spending $250,000 on a random Lamborghini that loses half its value the minute you drive it off the lot, just in terms of if we're going to critique people's spending habits. All these weird strains of antagonism are, are rising to the surface on the back of a tragedy, and that, that really is ugly because this is a tragedy. Now, with that said, should we be devoting the kinds of, of efforts to saving you know migrants who are, who are trying to who are drowning in the Mediterranean, getting from Libya to Italy? Should we spend more efforts doing that than, or as many efforts saving those 300 migrants who are doing that than, you know, the five guys who took the submersible voluntarily spending that much money? I think there's a case to be made for that for sure. All righty, in just a second, we'll get to Joe Biden basically completely blowing it on China in every possible way. First, everyone I know loves Helix Mattress. Why? Well, because it's made just for you. But now they've launched their newest, most high-end collection, Helix Elite. Helix has harnessed years of extensive mattress expertise to bring their customers a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. I've had my Helix for at least six, seven years at this point. It's excellent. It's the only thing keeping me alive right now. My baby is waking me up at all hours of the night. Same for my wife. 
When we put our head down on that mattress, we need to be asleep. And Helix is making that magic happen. I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress, which is precisely what I need. For a limited time, Helix is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders, plus two free pillows for our listeners. It's their best offer yet. Hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Again, it's a fantastic mattress, 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it. It's not going to happen. You're going to love it. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. Their financing options and flexible payment plans make it so a great night's sleep is never far away. Again, for a limited time, Helix is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for our listeners. It's their best offer yet. Hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. Also, you might have been one of the tens of millions of people who watched Netflix's hit show, Making a Murderer. If so, you're going to love Daily Wire Plus's new exclusive 10-part docuseries with Candace Owens convicting a murderer. It comes this summer. There's no such thing as your truth. There is only the truth. And it's hard to come by the truth these days, but Candace is hunting it down in convicting a murderer. When Candace found out that key facts were probably left out in the Netflix series, she set out to uncover the truth behind the notorious Stephen Avery case. The end result is a new series called Convicting Murderer. You're not going to want to miss it. Right now, there's never been a better time to become a Daily Wire Plus member. Sign up now for Convicting a Murderer. You will receive an early bird discount of 25% off your Daily Wire Plus membership. You'll also get all the other premium content from Daily Wire Plus, including The Greatest Lie Ever Sold, What is a Woman, and the largest collection of content from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, including his series on the Book of Exodus. Join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Become a member. See the truth when it finally comes out. Hey, meanwhile, you remember that time that Joe Biden was spending, you know, weeks trying to kiss up to the Chinese in an attempt to avoid conflict with the Chinese? Even as China becomes more and more militant, they're opening military bases in Cuba. Joe Biden was going out of his way. You remember that time that he was saying, oh, you know, there's a big balloon and uh, they flew a big balloon over the United States. It was a mistake. I like balloons. They're pretty. Oh, shiny balloon. And then he got sleepy and, and went, just nodded right off after having a can of insure. Well, his, his entire State Department was mobilized in order to kiss the ass of Xi Jinping, the dictator of China. Well, now Joe Biden blew all of it. So he was trying rapprochement, and um, that, that, that failed because he's an old man who doesn't know what he is doing. So apparently he was doing a fundraiser near San Francisco on Tuesday evening, and he called Xi Jinping a dictator. Well, she is a dictator, but um, that is really stupid. If your strategy right now is how do I do a rapprochement with the dictator of China and you really mobilize all resources, including the secretary of state, to go over to China and, and smooch some butt. And then meanwhile, you go to a fundraiser like that guy's a dictator. right? Now. Yeah. Well, that, that seems real stupid. According to Jude Blanchett, China specialist at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, to have the world's leading power refer to him in ways that de-elevate him. I think Xi Jinping will take that personally. He wants to be seen as a peer with the United States. China's foreign ministry then termed Biden's characterization extremely absurd and extremely irresponsible. The White House then declined to comment. <laughs> I love that Joe Biden just crapped all over himself, he just crapped the bed. Meanwhile, the State Department came out and tried to defend this. So they're simultaneously trying to defend the rapprochement with China and Joe Biden claiming that Xi Jinping is a dictator, thus scuttling the rapprochement. G- good job, Joe. He is, oh man, clean up on aisle seven, guys. Joe pooped his pants again. The progress that Secretary had appeared to have made, um, do you think that uh, has faded or wasted? Uh, Absolutely not at all. Uh, We believe that engagement and dialogue and diplomacy are are integral to a number of the issues uh, that we think uh, are uh, important uh, as it relates to our bilateral relationship uh, with the PRC. 
And that is a lot of us to obscure the fact that the president of the United States no longer has functional brain waves at this point. Meanwhile, Andrea Mitchell was making excuses for Joe Biden as well. I, I, like, think about how stupid this is. We mobilized all the resources of the government, up to including Joe Biden downplaying Chinese aggression, just so he could call China a dictator and then reverse everything he was trying to do. Here's Andrea Mitchell trying to uh, save the president from himself. Let's pull back the curtain a little bit and explain how these fundraisers work, because uh, one person can go in a, a pooler to take notes one or another, but no cameras, no audio that we can play. And they have a transcript of it. And he's speaking. It's the West Coast. It's late at night. He's done four of these, plus that meeting on artificial intelligence earlier in the day. So he's had a very busy schedule. And this is how he, Barack Obama, uh, Hillary Clinton at these events sometimes say things. Clinton with deplorables, Obama talked about guns out there in San Francisco, get themselves in trouble because they become more relaxed when you don't see a camera platform and you're surrounded by donors who want to hear the inside stuff and you kind of get too casual, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's all casual. Th thanks for trying to walk that one back there, Andrew. Really, really appreciate it. Speaking of failures by the Biden administration, remember Randy Weingarten? She, of course, is the head of the American Federation of Teachers and one of the most nefarious forces in the country. It is worth noting at this point that her lockdown strategy when it came to schools has destroyed the educational experience and performance of literally tens of millions of American school kids. Story from the Washington Post, national test scores plummeted for 13-year-olds, according to new data that shows the single largest drop in math in 50 years and no signs of academic recovery following the disruptions of the pandemic. There's people like Randy Weingarten pushing for lockdowns and simultaneously pushing that we have to pay our teachers more. It's always weird to me that every time our education system fails, the push from the left is, what if we paid our teachers more? Imagine if you were so bad at your job that you achieved 40-year lows in outcome and you went into your boss for a raise. How do you think that would go for you? Well, Randy Weingarten is getting some special treatment from the Department of Homeland Security. It was announced on Wednesday that they were going to create 22 members for their school safety board ahead of their first public meeting in the coming months. One of those members, Randy Weingarten. She's going to be on the public school safety board as Randy Weingarten because uh, she is just so good at her job. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So things I like. Uh, kind of like, I suppose. Well, um, I didn't see epic rap battles of history, me versus Nicki Minaj happening. But apparently that's a thing that is now happening. And the reason that's happening is because I had the temerity to critique Pound Town 2, Revenge of the Pound. Um, and um, for, for those who missed it, I did this a few days ago. The single worst song maybe ever recorded, Pound Town. But then, then there was a sequel called Pound Town 2, which is apparently... Two pound, too furious. Even more pounding. Pound two, pound harder. Pound two, live free or pound hard. Um, I, I, yeah. So I, I can't wait till Pound Town 4, the quest for peace. P-I-E-C-E. <laughs> anyway, it's a terrible song by a person who calls herself Sexy Red. There are multiple Y's at the end of her name for no reason that anyone can explain other than I guess that it is Sort of a prereq in rap that you can't spell. I think that's the way that this works. Anyway, Nicki Minaj co-starred on Pound Town 2. Now, in the original critique, I actually mentioned only that she co-starred in it, did, did Nicki Minaj. I did not actually critique her verse in Pound Town 2, because after all, I think we'd had enough. But now Nicki Minaj um, has decided to sign into the chat. She was unhappy with me critiquing the brilliant lyrics and extraordinary flow of a song in which the main 
artist Sexy Red describes the colors of her various bodily orifices. And Nicki Minaj was very insulted. Very insulted indeed. It's as though I had, it's as though I had shat upon Shakespeare. And, and she had to sign in. So um, she went on Twitter and she tweeted, Roman said, leave his ass out of it, sir. No pun intended. Directed at me because there's a clip of me going around. Um, it's, uh, so I, I had to first decode what this means because I don't speak stupid people. And R- Roman said, leave his ass out of it, sir. No pun intended. So Roman, I guess, is one of Nicki Minaj's various alter egos. So she has many alter egos is my understanding. And Roman is apparently, I had to look this up, a homosexual man who she plays sometimes or takes on that persona, which is weird and strange. But in any case, Roman said, leave his ass out of it, sir. To which I replied, not possible, Nicki Minaj, since you have apparently never recorded a song that left your ass out of it, which is true. I mean, like, that's her entire brand, is it not? Uh, my, this is my, my, my favorite my favorite version of rap battles is where you have a person like Nicki Minaj whose entire brand is just rapping about sex. And then you note that this is vulgar and crude. And then she's like, you st- leave my ass out of it. You put your ass in it, lady. It ain't my fault. And uh, she replied to that. Next time, I'll be sure to add my d- so you can suck it. S-U-K. Again, not being able to spell is uh, a prereq. So you can suck it. Love you. Various emojis. To which I replied, surprise twist. Nicki Minaj was the one with the anaconda all along. But in any case, I think what this requires now is that we actually look at the cultural context and uh, and pure joy of uh, Poundtown 2, because we actually critiqued mostly the lyrics from Poundtown 1 last time. First of all, before I even get to Nicki Minaj's verse here, I should point out that sexy red did an interview in which she described the rules of Poundtown. They, apparently, there, there, is, there is law in Poundtown. Poundtown is not a lawless, anarchic place. I don't know who the sheriff is of Poundtown, but apparently there is, a, there is a full law enforcement body that is not systemically racist. So that's exciting to learn. And uh, one of the rules that we learned from Sexy Red is that um, you should not get chlamydia twice. She, uh, she, got, she got two... Uh, <laughs> she got... Two rounds of chlamydia, one for each pound town. So here we go. Sexy red. I had chlamydia before though twice. Okay. But I, I mean, never had that's the most pretty common. common yeah, very common. Well, yeah. let's do a PSA right now. So how, <laughs> no, but how did you, so you felt it like you was burning? No, it'd be a smell. For chlamydia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. you went to the doctor and they were like. Because me and my, this what happened. Me and my was together mm-hmm. and we broke up because he was cheating on me. So then we broke up. Then I went and did me, uh, <laughs> did him, and then we got, got we together. missed each other, came back together. And something went right. We both was like, "What the f- is this real?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, Ugh, what's going on? So did then we both yeah went to the doctor yeah. together, yeah. and then we both was like, "Well, you f- two people," and he, he like, "You f- two people too." I'm like, well, "We don't know who did it. Damn. We still don't did know." Y'all who call did y'all it- also, uh, for those who cannot see this clip, the sexy you read is also apparently she gets hairstyling tips from Tony the Tiger from the Frosted Flakes box. Thanks uh, to producers for that hat tip. That is uh, that is correct. But um, yeah, so that's sexy you read. Th- these are the kind of people that Nicki Minaj does songs with because they are just the most brilliant, classy people that ever were. And if you make fun of them, then Nicki Minaj will come at you with her 
male homosexual persona who is apparently known as, what was it, Roman? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That so much stupid in such a small, oh my God. Anyway, what are the actual lyrics from Nicki Minaj? You thought that that, that clip of Sexy Red talking about um, not only the color, but the smell of various bodily orifices uh, was bad. Well, Nicki Minaj, well, she has some lyrics for you from her version of Sexy Red's Pound Town 2, as opposed to Pound Town 3, starring Mr. T. Here we go. Hey, yo, red, my name is Pink. I made him go get that ink. Let him eat that pretty p- Now he keep trying to link. I- I'm pimping Pinky Ring. His exes is Mickey Dink. I'm about to pop a thingy, then sip on his drinky drink. Get the grip for my p- dip. P- for my tip. I'm a flip like a hundred bricks. Get back with my lips. I'm a b- I want fish and grits. Throwing hissy fits. I ain't oh, no. chicken when I get with my t- I be twerking on that it's so bad. Oh. She is she is a female role model. She is what your daughters should all be looking up to is Nicki Minaj. She is a strong, powerful woman who raps consistently about her own vagina. Wow. Wow. This is what you this is the height of female power, female empowerment, indistinguishable, actually, from like 17th century prostitution, but also on record. So that's that's exciting. For, for those who, who don't actually know what the hell she was saying, I'm not going to read you that part of the lyrics because um, I don't want to. But um, here is part of the lyrics that uh, she, quote unquote, sings. Scare quotes around singing. Anyway, I'm out in Miami, ho. He like feet suck on this camel toe. Eat the pound cake down. I'm waxed up, booty hole waxed down. Ah, the words of, the words of Lord Alfred Tennyson. That's uh, strong stuff there from, from Pound Town 2. From Pound Town 2. Oh, no. Pound Town 2. <laughs> I can't get over that this is our culture. And then, and then we're, we're all supposed to pretend that this is like high culture. This is the part that drives me absolutely up a wall. We're all supposed to pretend that this is somehow a reflection of intelligence that it's a reflection of emotional depth, that it's all just playful witticisms and lyricisms. Wow, that our culture has not degraded in any way. Pound Town 2, red, white, and pound. Good good stuff there from uh, Nicki Minaj. And again, never thought I'd be in epic rap battles of history, me versus Nicki Minaj. That was not one I saw coming. Okay, you know what? No time for things I hate. That, that was basically a thing I hate anyway. So um, yeah, we're done here. All righty, guys, we're going we're gonna to talk to Dr. Marty McCary now. <laughs> about a more serious topic like uh, vaccinations and their efficacy. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us.